everybody. Um, it's so good to be with you today. Uh, I want to share a story with you. Um, it's about my youngest son, Jude, and Fred, who was uh, the vehicle that we had from the time Jude was born until he was about six years old. Anybody else name their vehicles? <laughs> okay, good. Um, and when Jude was younger, he was like a really big Disney Cars fan. I'm still a fan. He's moved on. I'm still a fan. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with that movie, it's like all about cars. And these cars have lives and um, they have names and they have jobs and personalities. And so we thought it would be fun to give Fred a personality, like as much as we were, we were able to bring him to life, you know? And because of that, uh, Fred became a part of our family, in a sense, like as much as a vehicle can, you know? Um, well, when Jude was six, we decided that it was time to trade Fred in. Uh, we needed a new car. Um, it was kind of a fast decision for us, and we told our kids that we were buying a new car, but we did not explain to them that we were trading Fred in and that he wouldn't be coming home with us. Um, when we were at the dealership, and I was filling out all the paperwork, my husband went to Fred to just kind of look inside, make sure uh, we didn't miss anything when we cleaned him out at home. And Jude went with him to do that. And in the process, Jude realized what was happening. Um, and he completely broke down and started crying. Um, he was almost inconsolable in that moment because uh, he was, he had to say goodbye, right, to this, this friend that had become, like, this car that had become his friend, right? It was part of our family that he loved, and grief had gripped his heart, right? Our kids experienced grief, and as much as he had experienced grief till that moment in his life, that was grief. Um, and that's what we're going to be, we're going to be talking about grief today. We're going to be talking about overcoming grief. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that grief is a journey that looks different for each of us. You know, some people say that it's as unique to each of us as a fingerprint, um, and that each new experience of grief is, is different than the last one because there are so many um, things to consider and um, because there's so, like, life is so complex, right? So there's so many factors co to consider when we're grieving and because we grieve so many things, you know? Um, we grieve the loss of life, which I think is like the deepest thing we grieve because I think it's, it's the deepest grief God experiences. Um, we grieve the loss of relationships, you know, maybe a marriage that ended in divorce. We grieve the loss of jobs and security, the loss of hopes and dreams that haven't come to be and, and maybe we're running out of time for. Uh, we grieve the loss of innocence, uh, the loss of independence as our bodies get older and can't do what they used to do. Maybe, maybe you um, received a, di a diagnosis that you didn't expect you know, and you are grieving the loss of your health. 
Um, we grieve so many things. And then there is collective grief, right? There is COVID grief and cultural grief, the, the deep sorrow of injustices done to like whole people groups. I mean, we really could spend all of our time together today just talking about the different kinds of grief we experience. So it can be challenging to talk about overcoming grief in a way that fully honors uh, where, each of, where each of you are, where, where you may be on your grief journeys right now. Because what I would say to the person who is experiencing fresh grief, um, maybe from the loss of someone they loved, who may feel like they have a boulder just kind of sitting on their chest and feel like they're being crushed under the weight of their pain, it's not the same thing that I would say to the person who's experiencing a different kind of grief and maybe has had a few weeks or months or years to experience healing. So I just want to acknowledge that what we talk about today may not be what you're ready to hear quite yet. And that's okay. Um, my prayer for you has been that you're able to hear one word or one phrase that offers you just a little bit of comfort and hope. You know, just, that's my prayer for everybody, really, but um, especially for that heart that is filled with anguish right now. So, like Jacob said, our scripture throughout this series is, has been John 16, 33. And I'm just going to read it for us again. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, when Jesus said these words to his disciples, he was trying his best to prepare them for what they were about to walk through with him. You know, Jesus was going to be arrested and journey to the cross and suffer very painful death. And he was trying to prepare them for the deep grief that they were going to feel when that happened. And after sharing with them, you know, just what they could expect, he said, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And when I read that, I think it is such a kindness of God to allow them not to be blindsided by that pain you know, to try and ease some of their suffering by telling them what they should expect. My husband and I, we missed that memo, you know, when we traded in our car. We didn't prepare Jude for the pain of saying goodbye, right, to his friend Fred. We were so wrapped up in our excitement about this new car that, that we didn't even think about how he might feel, right? We got it wrong. We did not do it right, <laughs> And we can't always be prepared for the depth of the pain we are going to experience. Um, not even the disciples had a full grasp of what was really going to happen or how it would make them feel, you know? But Jesus knew. Jesus knew how they'd feel. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that Jesus was a man of sorrows and he was acquainted with grief. It says he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Jesus experienced our humanness while he was on this earth. You know, he knows your pain. And he learned that there are certain things that we can expect to encounter in this world and in our grief. 
Um, and, in, and in his thoughtfulness and in God's mindfulness of us, we've been shown how we can overcome grief as much as we can overcome grief in this world. You know, um, my dad passed away when I was seven years old. He died in a, in a tragic work accident. And this year will mark 36 years since he's been on this earth. And um, there are still moments when I am just like, flooded with deep sadness um, at, at the loss of him. So when I say that you will overcome grief, I'm not saying that you will never feel it again, but as you walk with Jesus and you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work in you, um, grief will begin to soften and it will have less power over you. That is like, that is a promise we can cling to. That is a truth. So one of the first things that we learn is when we're grieving, facing the reality of what happened can be challenging. Grief pushes us to disbelief, but Jesus encourages us to believe. It can take time to fully process and understand what happened in your life. Now, you may not be able to believe it at first, and that disbelief has a way of, of creeping into other areas of life, including faith. And you may wake up one day and find that you're struggling to believe in God altogether. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's humbling. But we learn in these times that we may not be as strong as we thought. I think that's a really good place to be because it's not about our strength anyway. You know, it's about God's strength. So Jesus encourages us to believe. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. We looked at this verse a couple weeks ago when we were talking about overcoming anxiety. And I think it's important to look at it again because Jesus is saying, whatever may come, right? Whatever you're facing, whatever you endure in this life, don't let it take you from me. That's how I'm interpreting it, right? He's saying, even when your faith feels empty, even when God feels far off and you feel like you have no strength to stand, don't turn away from me. Keep believing in God and also in me. I will give strength to your weary bones and I will increase your weary faith. And it amazes me because, you know, Jesus is saying this when he is about to go to the cross and endure suffering, right? And he is about to feel far off from God and have no strength to stand. And like, he's about to step through suffering and overcome the world for us. And he is worried about us, right? He's encouraging us and telling us, do not let your hearts be troubled. I mean, this communicates deep love for us. And we're going to talk about that a little more. But right now, let's look at like what it really looks like to believe in God and trust in God in the midst of grief. Like, how do we do that? For me, it looks like prayer and um, clinging to Scripture. You know, we need a steadying truth of God's Word in our life if we're going to overcome grief. 
And I especially like the Psalms because I think they are a beautiful place for someone who is fighting to trust God. The Psalms are just full of authentic human emotion. And it's where we learn that we can bring our whole selves before God and just lament, you know, take all of our pain, all of our everything, and just bring it before God. And I think that that, that is the deepest form of trust and belief, when we're just willing to fully open our hearts to God and pour them out, pour out everything that's in us, when we're willing to stop hiding and turn to him and say, I need you. You know, maybe confess and say, God, I don't think I'm trusting you with what I'm going through. I don't think I'm trusting you with this pain, but I want to. I need to. God, would you please help me trust you with what I'm struggling with today? And sometimes grief is going to overwhelm you, you know, and you won't have the words to pray. So I just want to encourage you in those moments to just pray the Psalms. I mean, it is like this whole book of beautiful prayers. And um, I think Psalm 119.28 is a good place to start. It says, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. And then cling to the truth and promises of God as you spend time there, right? Let those words wash over your heart and then keep coming back, keep coming back, and keep coming back. God just wants to spend time with you, right? There is healing in that. Deep sorrow is another thing we can expect to feel when we are grieving. Grief pushes us to sorrow, but Jesus promises joy. And to some extent, that sadness is healthy, right? The loss over someone or something we loved should make us sad, you know? And it makes me um, chuckle just a little bit that Jesus was like, you will mourn, you will weep for me, right? It's like he was saying, I know you love me, right? But if we let it, sorrow, I mean, it can drag us down to the point that it breaks our hope, and, and that can lead to despair. And despair is a really, really dark place to be. So the way to avoid that is to not avoid the pain. Um, some people try that right here. We bottle up our emotions and try to take shortcuts with our, our grieving process. But the only way that we can move through grief is to move through it. Um, We have to journey through it. It's impossible to avoid our pain. Um, Your body actually won't let that happen because you are healing from a wound, right? It's an emotional wound. Think about what would happen if we tried to ignore like a big physical wound, right? I mean, we might die. The same is true of emotional wounds. To ignore them can lead to depression and despair and possibly death. I mean, that's real. We have to honor the pain and allow it to heal us, which happens most often through tears. Um, I think our tears are special. Uh, We tend to get good about not letting people know how we're really doing, right? About um, keeping that kind of stuff to ourselves. But I think our tears are kind of like distress signals, you know? Um, It's almost like God knew we would need a little bit of help sharing our grief and vulnerability with people. So he was like, I'm going to have you drip water from your eyeballs, you know, to show people that you are going through something you like is beyond your current ability to cope. Um, 
And then God made them to like trigger empathy and compassion in other people. You know, we see that over and over again as we read through the Bible. When Jesus saw people in tears, it filled his heart with compassion and he moved toward them. So tears can help people move toward each other so we can comfort each other and help each other heal, right? It's important not to hide them. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. The other cool thing about our tears is that if we let them, they actually produce the promised joy of Jesus. They produce them. Psalm 126, 5 through 6 says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us our grief will be exchanged for joy. He says, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And when we think about Jesus on the cross, right, and, and his pain and his cries and his tears, like they did not just proceed and come before this new rejoicing, right? His suffering produced it. His suffering produced joy and made it complete. And our grief, our grief will produce joy as we cry, as we pray through our tears and trust them to God and allow them to be planted in our heart. The Psalm says our, our tears are seeds and seeds are no good if we don't plant them. So we need to plant them and, and we need to allow them to be watered with the living water of Jesus and allow Jesus who is the way and the truth and the light to shine on them, right? So that they soften and that they break open and begin to grow into these like beautiful things, right? Into hearts of joy. Our tears will produce joy. They are a gift. So we shouldn't hide them and we should be willing to plant them. The next thing we may feel is anger. Grief pushes us to anger. Um, but Jesus compels us to love one another, especially when it's really hard. You're going to feel anger. That's normal. I hope you keep hearing me say that's normal. <laughs> Your body is telling you that something isn't right. Some people describe anger as emotional bleeding. Um, and sometimes in our deepest suffering, we bleed on other people and we hurt them um, because we're hurting, you know? And sometimes we do that intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. The thing that can help us through anger and be able to love others, right, um, is, is like in Jesus' command, right? He commands us to love one another as we are loved, right? And, and being secure in God's love for us and saying, um, I'm going to love as I've been loved, right, is, is where that, that anger starts to, to heal. Um, grief has a tendency to make us question God's love, though. You know, we can take a look at our circumstances, compare them to other people, and, and wonder if God really loves us. But our circumstances can't be our measuring stick for God's love. Um, because in this world, 
we will have trouble, right? We've been prepared. Our trouble doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. We have to look to the cross, right? That is how God, that's how his love is expressed. God sent his one and only son to save you because God loves you, right? That's truth. God also loves the person sitting to your right and sitting to your left. God loves the person you're angry at. God loves your nemesis. Like, God loves us. And it's in that love, in that love, that God will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. God will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, that tender heart of flesh is going to come through hardship, right? We've already established that. Brennan Manning says, pain is the crucible in which one is made tender, right? He says there's no gentle way to tenderness. And as your heart is made tender by the saturating love of God, your anger will begin to subside. And from that place, you will be able to love others as you work to overcome your grief. Now let's talk about fear. Grief pushes us to fear. But Jesus tells us to take heart and promises peace. Fear is not a bad thing. Just like all the other emotions, fear has the potential to be a great teacher for us. It also has the potential to hold us back from life. Um, It can feel scary to open our hearts again to allow them to open to life, you know, open to hope, to dreams, to trust, to love, you know, even to open, open them, to surrender them to, it, to God's love. Like, that can feel scary. But Jesus tells us not to be afraid. And there is no greater example um, of pushing through fear than Jesus's journey to the cross. On the night he was arrested, he said to his disciples, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus was afraid. You know, he was afraid. And, you know, he told the disciples what was going to happen to him to prepare them for their grief. But I also wonder um, if he told them so they could enter into his fear with him. Because sharing our fear with someone can help to strengthen us and give us courage. But I also wonder if Jesus shared that, right? Because Jesus invites us on that same journey with him. Um, The only way out of our grief and pain is in and through, right? Jesus had to go in and through, right? To the other side of the cross. And any efforts on our behalf to disconnect our, our suffering from the suffering of Jesus, right? It disconnects like all of it for us. Any efforts, I'm gonna read it again because I messed it up, but any efforts on our behalf to disconnect ourselves from our suffering end up disconnecting our suffering from Jesus's suffering for us. And that is where overcoming happens. Right? That's where it happens, once and for all. As much as I believe that time heals wounds, we hear that, I don't believe that time heals all wounds, right? Only 
The power of Jesus overcoming death on the cross can do that. And only through Him can we step through grief and fear and experience everlasting life and joy and peace. Only in Jesus, right? Who walks that journey with you. You are not alone on that journey. Jesus walks with you. So one last time, I want you to say it with me, okay? I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen.